Welcome to episode 203 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and my co-host, Warren Sklar, is here. How you doing, Warren? I am uh, tripping. Pre-show here. <laughs> you, need, uh, you need an after hours, like uh, like Chuck does, so you can sell that. Oh, my God. Anyhow, right. I'm doing well. Uh, comedic back and good forth, back. and uh, good to be. Uh, yes, good to be back. And uh, Jeff Gamet's back. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, but the colors are so loud. <laughs> wow, <laughs> patterns, man. Colors. This guy's on it's, fire. It's kind of loud, and, and the shirt as well. And, and that's uh, that voice is our returning guest, uh, Guy Searle. How you doing, Guy? <laughs> what is reality? David, yeah. what is reality? <laughs> I don't know. Not this. <laughs> Not we try to make it. We try to make some reality this this show, but uh, uh, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Right, exactly. Um, so we got uh, news this week and uh, sad news coming up as we talk about it uh, just a bit here. Something has been uh, put to pasture, but uh, and, and all kinds it's of other worn. stuff. It's worn. It's been it is. Put to it, it is. It is. to pasture. Yeah. I was supposed to wait to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So a, let's a, let's go ahead and uh, just start the to, start Dave, the news. <laughs> Dave has to drop me from the Zoom call first. Thing you can say. Put me to oh boy! All right. Yeah. First story. Uh, uh, welcome everybody here, and we're going to get going here. Uh, Apple's internal data shows that many iOS 15 users turn off personal ads with minimal impact on App Store uh, search ads. Starting with iOS 15 and iPadOS 15, Apple introduced a quote-unquote, personalized ads toggle during the setup process that made it, makes it easier for users to turn off personalized ads in Apple apps such as the App Store, Apple News, and Stocks. Uh, this is a thing that the Apple has uh, done with, present, uh, with emphasizing that advertisers can reach interested users without having to apply for audience targeting uh, with the campaign. First quarter of 2022, Apple's internal data shows that search ads had a 62.1% average conversion rate for iOS 15 users with personalized ads turned on uh, with uh, versus 62.5% with personal ads to turned off and all countries and regions where search ads were available. Uh, again, this is just kind of proving that uh, privacy isn't a bad thing and ads still work. What do you think, Jeff? You know, the uh, the whole wailing and gnashing of teeth about about the whole ads thing. This to me says that look, if you if you have a system that works well without mm -hmm. exploiting users' uh, personal data, you can have an effective ad system. And here you go. People are opting out of the personalization, yet the app store is still able to, to give them ads that are more likely to be related to, to uh, whatever their search interest is at the time. Yep, that, that is true. Uh, Guy, what do you think? You know, I miss the days when you would turn on a television set and the advertising on that television set would not be directed directly at you. It would be corn cereal with sugar and God knows what else that they were trying to sell you. But it wasn't like, well, let's look at guys search history. I see 
microphones and windscreens. So we're going to just put together a, a whole list of advertising that goes to microphones and windscreens. And it's like, I, yeah, I've got all the microphones I need. You so think I you said need that cereal. Years ago. That's what you need. I, I need sugary corn-based cereal. That's what I need. So bring it on. So, yeah, you know, I'm, it, it's like, just it, let's not pretend that personalized ads are anything what, than what they actually are, which is a data grab. So, you know, stop doing that. Yeah. Any thoughts, Warren? My thoughts always been, I think personalized ads are probably better than non-personalized ads. I, I mean, if I'm going to get ads, I'd rather get ads that are kind of maybe relevant to me. Um, has it worked in the past? Probably. Have I ever bought something I saw an ad for um, that was targeted to me? Uh, probably. Um, but I've got that. Otherwise, you know, who knows? Um, it, yeah. So the, the, the balance is right. How much personalized, how many, how do you get the personalized ads? If you're going to get the ads, how do you get the personalized one without feeling that they're money or data? And it's, and, and it's a good point, but mining your data, you know, I think is what they're doing is mining the data just back to the advertising people to sell you stuff. So unless they're mining my data to do something nefarious against me, which, you know, I haven't heard of that quite yet, except when there's leaks and that's what we worry about when there's data leaks, things like that. Um, so when we worry about that, then, you know, then yeah, sharing data is bad. But in theory, if that wasn't an issue, personalized ads, or if I'm going to see ads, I'd rather see a personalized ad than, than not. Uh, I, would I rather see no ads? Yeah, that would be the way to go. Okay. Um, next story. We like talking about lawsuits here sometimes. Don't get too bad Chuck isn't, Chuck Joyner's not here, but um, no, that's his favorite. It's his favorite, <laughs> but. Uh, this was interesting for me anyway. Uh, Illinois Facebook users, you have a check for a settlement. It's in the mail starting this month, and here's what you need to know. Uh, the, lawsuit, the lawsuit was it alleges that Facebook broke Illinois' strict privacy law by collecting and storing biometric data or physical characteristics of users without their consent through features including facial recognition technology. Uh, Facebook users might recognize the feature as tag suggestions and notifications. Mm. The lawmakers in Illinois passed this uh, Biometric Information Privacy Act back in 2008, requiring companies to obtain consent before collecting biometric information. The policy requires companies to spe specify how the information will be retained and when it will be destroyed. Well, guess what? I woke up this morning, looked into my bank account, and ka-ching, I got... Four hundred bucks in my in my bank account this morning. How much? <laughs> so, That's a lot of biometric data. Yeah, four hundred dollars. Oh, four hundred dollars. Uh -huh. yes. I was about to make a, a joke about like you got sixty-seven cents or something, but no. Yeah, it's, it, well, I did you not. That's, that, that's I why you I, said four dollars. It was kind of like four hundred dollars. Yeah. So how do I? What do you think? How do I get on this train? Uh, uh, you need to live in Illinois. That's the first part. Oh, why is it? Why is it specific to Illinois? Because it's the, they, the local the, laws. Because they they broke the law. They broke the laws of this. So, uh, for those of you who are listening or live in, in my my neck of the woods, uh, and you filled out the settlement, uh, you might have some money in uh, either in your bank account or uh, a check might be coming to you shortly. What do you so think? What, I, buying? what are you buying? Well, I think uh, users in Florida will probably have to pay Facebook. To yeah. take to, for them to take your their biometric data, um, 
without really knowing exactly what the law is and how it was broken, you know, honestly, I think Facebook should have been looked at by the DOJ for some of this stuff. But for one reason or another, they just kind of let it slide. So if Illinois users are going to get a $400 check after filling out a little form, hey, more power to them. I wish Virginia had done that. Yeah. It uh, it does allege that uh, Facebook knew about this as, as far back as 2015. Uh, but in 2019, they did change its technology, replacing the tool with a broader facial recognition setting, hmm, which can be turned off by default. So that, that the website announced that it would shut down its recognition software entirely in 2021. So apparently it did it. This well, lawsuit- they, they just need to have this stuff be off by default instead of on by default right. and and depend on their users to be able to navigate a, a maze of menus to figure out where this stuff is. And that's what they count on is yep. users not knowing how to turn this stuff off. Mm-hmm. What, and, what and turning off by or having off by default, I absolutely agree. That's how it should be. Yep. Uh, but the, the reality is these companies know that opt in is much more difficult to get and uh, and so yep. opt out okay great you've already got them and now it's far less likely that that they will go through the steps to opt out so oh, yeah, and of, of course even worse even worse they make a, a minor change to the software and all of a sudden it's like oh all your settings are reset so all that stuff that you opted out of you've got to go back in and opt out again. And yeah, they just, they just exactly. count on users, you know, users basically be getting exhausted from having to go and, and turn all this stuff on or turn all this stuff off. Yeah. I think the thing with having settings reset, that should be some sort of uh, regulated thing where, where it's a crime or these companies can uh, face like really painfully stiff penalties for doing that. Yeah. Well, cost, cost Facebook. Well, I mean, this is pocket change for them, $650 million. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I would, whatever they did to your phone and your privacy, I would easily give 400. I would, I would take the $400 in exchange to whatever it was no, that you I, didn't even, I you didn't completely even forgot happened. about it. And all yeah. of a sudden <laughs> This morning yeah, there it was. So so your phone did something that you didn't know about, and all of a sudden four hundred dollars later, yeah. Oh, I you had to opt in. Uh, you, I believe you had to go to a settlement, so I must have done it because, right for the for the lawsuit. <laughs> but before, right. you know whatever they're being sued for, you didn't know what was happening at the time. Nobody did until afterwards. No, afterwards when when it was advertised or yeah, advertised, exactly. it was a news right. story saying that so uh, it was something that didn't really affect you. You got four hundred bucks. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. What do you buy? So what do you buy? I guess is the question. Oh, uh, nothing, nothing fancy. He's waiting until WWDC to see what's announced, and yeah. then he'll buy something that's four hundred dollars or less. Or the the money goes to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> you might get a four hundred bucks is approaching uh, AirPod Max territory. I've seen a few around around there. I saw a pair of Refurb for about that. So I wouldn't hear the end of it. <laughs> So I'll just not with, not with the earphones on. <laughs> you know, yeah, that too, you know that what a great microphone you could buy for four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, I know. You gotta. But, you're not. You're just not good at it. These old things. 
<laughs> you just never noticed them before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Next story here. Apple's merger of iCloud documents and data into iCloud Drive has been complete. Uh, this was uh, late last week. Uh, Apple announced uh, that it would be merging iCloud documents and data and data service into iCloud Drive in May of 2022. It was a year before that was announced. Transition is now completed. As noted in a support uh, document article updated uh, this past week, uh, it, it, uh, users who previously relied on iCloud documents and data for syncing files across devices will need to turn iCloud Drive on in order to see their uh, files. Uh, they say iCloud do- documents and data, our legacy document syncing service has been discontinued by iCloud Drive. If you use the, the, use this, your account has been migrated to iCloud Drive. So basically, they, they're saying that the vast majority of, of iCloud users already have pretty much turned on iCloud Drive anyway, so you probably won't see much of a change. But if you hadn't done it, this was prior to the introduction of iCloud Drive in 2014 and never enabled it, you probably will be moved over. So uh, what do you think, Jeff? This is a long time coming. Glad it's over. Uh, the big news for me is not that the transition is done. It's that when they announced that they were going to start the transition, that uh, iCloud Documents was still the thing. I thought it was already gone. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I completely forgot about it. Honestly, did you use this guy? The guy? Are you you backing up things on iCloud Drive? Yeah, that and uh, Mobile Me Dot Mac. Oh you know, God. some of the, the, yeah, the iTools. iTools. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, quite a hodgepodge. I, honestly, I I do use it, and and because I'm on you know the. Um, uh, Apple plus 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 with two terabytes of uh, the, the bundle. Yeah. The bundle uh, since, you know, I, I've, since I've got two terabytes of storage, I have it on by default and I got a lot of stuff over there, but I, I basically back up every single thing I have through Backblaze for uh, yeah. offsite storage. So yeah. I'm good no matter what happens. Most of, most of us uh, geeks are doing multiple places for backup and, yeah. This probably more applies to people who are just depending on iCloud and that's well, it. Well, there's, so. there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing no, no, wrong, it. wrong it's, with iCloud. It's uh, the one biggest problem, place. Yeah, that, that most people have is they don't usually don't have enough storage. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't pay for it. So if you like Five my gigs, wife. that's enough. <laughs> I have tried to get my wife to sign on using my service for a long time, and I cannot get her to do it. She's like. I, I yeah I I don't want your stuff mixed with my stuff and blah blah blah. It's like it's it, the benefits far outweigh. But in the meantime, that I'm also hearing, well, I, I don't have all my photos on on my free iCloud account. It's like okay, you know, I'm just going to stop. Well, I'm going to stop and, and space. You, you just got to figure it out. Choose I, your battles. Yeah. And so that's that's uh, you know thirty years of of married life. That's how that works. Does work that and way. that's why you've been married for 30 years because yeah because you know i don't fight with which her battles about these to things. choose <laughs> that's right <laughs> well i, I well he, you also have to remember that regardless of the battles that i choose i'm going to lose and so it doesn't matter part of making the marriage work too yes it's it's <laughs> a compromise <laughs> it's a compromise <laughs> where wrangle she wins what are you doing what right wrangle them in <laughs> We're done. I'm ringing you and go ahead and tell you what your thoughts are for this. Uh, iCloud Drive, uh, I didn't even know it was still separated <laughs> in, in any method, but um, I use it. I love it. Um, you know, a man with three or four Macs at a time, <gasps> shut up, Lola, would love um, 
uh, you know, loves having their files synced everywhere. Um, if you, you know, without thinking about it and I do it support and there's been more than one time where the iCloud drive saved their bacon and they didn't even know it cause they didn't even know yep. it was in the cloud. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. Good stuff. Make sure you're backing up. Next story, some Apple TV users complain of Dolby Atmos audio issues. A cluster of Apple TV owners over the last several months have been complaining about several issues when using external speakers with the Apple TV and attempting to listen to a Dolby Atmos audio. Uh, They're trying to do too much. There was a thread in Apple support forums that started last year in September uh, and had over 25 pages of users complaining. So someone was not happy. So most of the users were saying it looks like it was it was coming from the Netflix app. Hmm. It seems hmm. kind of ironic. Uh, hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Jeff? You know, uh, coming from the Netflix app, I don't want to jump in and blame Apple immediately uh, because Netflix. Uh, that said, Apple has uh, a problem right now and and it's a problem that i think they've had for the past couple years related to uh audio there's something seriously messed up in their in their audio software yeah across devices and uh, this may very well just be an artifact of that very much so guy what do you think i have well i'm using um uh, the the small god i can't my brain is like not working tonight this the small (laughs) apple speakers iPod HomePod mini HomePod mini. Thank you. Wow. I'm 61 years old. Did you know that? So, you know, <laughs> I, I've lost. got two, I've got two HomePod minis connected up to the Apple TV downstairs. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be affected by some kind of problem with Dolby Atmos, but it, it sounds fine to me. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Shiny. <laughs> Do you, do you hook up? Your, do you hook? Do you even use Apple TV, or do you have a, your any sound hooked up to it? Um, no, I I have I have an Apple TV, and I barely use it because I just watch Apple TV Plus on whatever smart app I have. Because generally, I found that going through the TV's app rather than Apple TV um, gives me better quality uh, on through the app because you're. Well, a, I, have, I don't have the 4K one, so I have the one before it. So if I figure I could watch 4K on my smart TV, possibly, uh, I don't know for sure, but definitely more of a chance than the Apple TV because that's not 4K. Um, I hooked it up to my um, um, uh, HomePods once or twice, and I said, wow, this is cool. And then I, I, I said, <laughs> nobody wants the, nobody wants to hear what I'm hearing, what I'm watching in the house that loudly. So that was the end of that. So, um, yeah, no, unless, uh, unless, you know, it's a big movie night and we want to like have a viewing, we don't really use surround sound too much. I mean, I, I have, I have every TV I have, I bought a sound bar, basically one of the sound bars. I have the, uh, surround sound kind of emulated, um, through it without having all the because my wife doesn't want all the speakers in the back. That's another reason I can't do this because of aesthetics of the house, um, which sucks. But um, <laughs> so, I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah. No, well, where it's going is um, I have the sound bars, uh, the one that kind of do surround sound and a, sub- and a subwoofer for somewhere in the house. And um, it sounds fine. And that's what we, I use for my TVs. So Paw Patrol comes out really well. Again. Oh, yeah. That's, it sounds a, that's a Horizon screensaver, like David mentioned already. 
<laughs> I had, I, I use the AirPods Pro when I'm watching the Star Trek Stranger Worlds. and uh, Oh, I haven't seen the second episode yet. Don't say uh, anything. It, it just came out today. Uh, oh, okay. It's really good. I really uh, enjoy oh, it. Oh, you already saw it? Jeez. Uh, so the, 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 the June 2nd. The, the, oh, God. The sound does sound really great in, on the AirPods Pro, so I'm Orville, happy with that. Do I have to subscribe to something? Hulu. Hulu. I have Hulu. But I don't have the live TV version of Hulu. I you don't need live TV That's okay. Version. You don't need live TV version for, for awesome. Orville. All right. That's a good next, show. Next story here. Apple CarPlay currently is absent in BMW cars. Carmaker BMW is shipping new cars without Android Auto and CarPlay functionality as it shifts chip suppliers. The new chips in the BMW vehicles require up-to-date software to run CarPlay and Android Auto. However, due to chip supplier shift, customers were told uh, by dealerships to wait for the OTA update to enable the service by the end of June. Number of affected BMW milestones is not clear, but uh, believes customers in the UK, the US, France, Spain, and Italy have experienced the same issue confirmed by online posts. Affected vehicles are said to have uh, a 6P1 code in their model specifications. So apparently they had to change chip suppliers because of course there is a chip there is a chip shortage. What do you think? Yeah. I I think I wouldn't buy a BMW if you paid me to have yeah. a BMW. I know. In fact, I just now thinking this is a sore subject for cars, right? Because what you're dealing yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah, wait, I'm wait, not wait. a fan. I'm not a BMW fan. I yeah. don't think they're really all that uh, great. Or and I think doesn't your, doesn't your wife have a BMW? She does. Uh, in fact, I just drove it back from the beach. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's a 2015 BMW X5 uh, SUV. Uh, so anyways, when I saw the headline, I thought that they were not shipping it in the cars and you would never get it. But if I have to wait two, a month to have it turned on, I'll survive. Um, if my if I bought a BMW and it didn't have the CarPlay or in it, I would be pissed. I probably would have buy. It. I actually probably yep. would have buy a BMW now if it didn't have the CarPlay. But if the salesperson says wait a month and you'll have it, and we'll turn it on by it. Is is that what they're saying? Yeah, they're they're saying that because of a chip supplier change that they had to that to have it disabled, and they will it over the air update will will enable both both uh, services. But I'm not sure. There's a hard, there's a chip supply issue. Which is a physical thing. No, it's it's a it, it was a chip supplier change is what they did. Yeah, so the the I guess the chips that they have in the cars right now aren't set up to do not, CarPlay yeah. or Android Auto, but the over they'll the be air. able. To, it, it's probably like a firmware thing. Yeah. Okay, but it's not it's not a chip supply issue because uh, no, I I just threw that in. But it's but, not right. Yes, yeah, I wouldn't buy like a car it. without the chip, CarPlay. The chips in the right. chips in the car, the actual piece of metals in the car. So <coughs> they, yeah, they just have to flip the switch. So yeah, if it's in June, it's fine. Um, yeah, I, you know, my feeling. I, I'm very jealous of you, car players, out there, because uh, yeah, again, I, I used it in my son's car all the time, and I love it. It's great. Yep. Jeff, any thoughts? Yep. <laughs> I cannot imagine buying a car or most any other product with the promise that a feature will be coming to it. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Especially yeah, I mean, BMW. BMW, if, if they're telling people that and it didn't really happen, I think it would be, I, I don't think that would ever happen with BMW. If, if, if I were the kind of person that enjoyed BMWs and were to buy one and I went into a showroom and said, sell me a BMW right now. 
and I'm going to use CarPlay with it. And they said, great, we have this model right here, which would be perfect for you, but it won't have CarPlay for, for a month. I'd say, okay, I'll see you in a month. And I'd walk out. Uh, and uh, and if I still wanted the car a month later, I'd come back in. And if it had CarPlay, okay, now I would buy it. There is a car shortage. I would walk back out. There is a car, car shortage. So, I mean, it, yeah. people say take what you could get. I mean, maybe different times, but if you really wanted a car and BMW, which is not like, you know, Kia, sorry, um, would, um, you know, I feel I would feel just like if Apple, I mean, well, you know, Apple's <laughs> Apple does the same thing and they're, they're sometimes more notorious for not coming yeah. through with their promises on that. Well, okay. So same thing. Um, like when, when they release a new version of the operating system, mm-hmm. I'm not getting the new operating system for the promise of that feature that they aren't delivering for a month or a year. I I'm getting it for a bunch of other things. Um, and, uh, uh, and actually for some, for some features, if, if those were the things that I really wanted out of the operating system, if I wasn't in the position where it's actually kind of important for me to be on whatever the latest and greatest is, mm-hmm. I would probably wait. Yeah. But some people do buy it for, I, I specifically bought a 12 inch, 13 inch iPad pro specifically for universal control. You know, that was the, its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I literally returned the thing after universal control never came and I was just burning money on it. So sure. that, that's, that's exactly what they did. They, they kind of promised that feature. I bought a device specifically for that feature because I wanted the nice sidecar. I wanted the nice uh, universal control on a big screen. Um, mm-hmm. And then I returned it. So that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And yeah. And, and if, if I were in the position you were in where I had, I needed to buy a new iPad for universal control and universal control wasn't out. I wouldn't have bought the iPad until it was. Yeah. But I bought it. Right. So I bought it on the promise that they they were going to bring it like they said they were going to do it. Yeah. And, and I don't like the, the bad taste that leaves in my mouth. I don't like getting burned or feeling like I'm being burned like that. And had I done what you did, I would have done the same thing you did in the end, which is return the iPad. Yeah, but I returned. Well, I didn't return it. I sold it. So I lost money on the deal because I waited and waited and waited and waited. Uh, and, and then, you know, but but again, the, you know, it did it, it teach me a lesson. You said it would leave a bad taste in your mouth. The lesson is I don't think I'll do that again. I don't think I'm going to buy right. advice uh, based on, I, I, I'm with you. Next time, I don't think I'm going to buy a device based on, uh, possible update or a possible yeah. feature. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to buy it. something out of promise. Right. right. You can get excited when it happens, you know, and, and be nice about it. Te- Tesla's I, I drive a Tesla. Tesla is famous for this, right? Like right. every, so, so, every yeah. week, Elon Musk tweets out something that, you know, uh, that's going to you know, come out and never does. And he does that all the time, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. I mean that you play his game. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, next story: Dolby Atmos coming to the podcast to podcasts with Wondery as its first supported platform. Earlier this year, Dolby had invited podcasters to prepare their shows for a more immersive experience with Dolby Atmos. Now, Dolby has announced that Wondery is the first podcast platform to deliver audio content using the Atmos technology. 
Of course, we know what the, the, the Dolby Atmos is. It's around, around surround sound technology enabling three-dimensional sound. It's so the listeners can get a feeling that the sound is coming from different directions. Moving my head here. Uh, so now listeners can enjoy their favorite shows in full three-dimensional thanks to Dolby Atmos. And the first platform, as I said, Wondery, which is actually owned by Amazon. Uh, so pre- premium podcast uh, studio Wondery is delivering its award-winning podcast series in, the, in this on the Wondery Plus subscribers. So it's going to cost you 5 bucks a month or thirty four ninety nine a year to listen to this. I don't even know how I would even want to pay for this. I don't What do you think, Jeff? As someone who's been in the podcasting world for a very long time, the idea of of uh, setting up a podcast with Dolby Atmos to me is practically unthinkable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, unless you're doing a show where the where stereo and surround sound type effects are key to what your your show is supposed to be. Other than that, why what, in the world would you even think about what's doing this? The point? I have an idea. I have yeah. An idea. M- MP3 mono make your files small <laughs> make it download fast because yep. not everyone lives in the in this fantasy world that apple has where you have a constant unlimited broadband high high speed like you know like really big bandwidth broadband broadband connection right. i have an talking? idea for a show um if you can do it at most you need somebody yelling in this year somebody yelling a different person and you're in the middle, and all they do is argue with each other, and you have to sit there and listen to them coming to you in stereo. That, that sounds, sounds like, like the, the MyMac podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the MyMac podcast yeah. might be perfect to that most. I have Guy in this year and Gaz yeah. in this year, and you're just like, yeah, first, you know, first I'm off, thinking I, this, this would be like, uh, like a punishment ASMR podcast but uh but no it's my mac you're right for for, for bdsm (laughs) oh god don't go there instead of relaxing you it gets you wound up and nervous not that i have any idea what that means which which i'm moving on which would which would you do even deal with listening to this uh, guy no no um you could you could set up you could you could get three quarters of the way there Basically, by having it in just plain old stereo and you move one mic just a little to the left and one mic just a little to the right. And there you've got your you've got a a relatively directed mix instead of having to try to set up. Okay, I want I want the lightning sound effect to sound like it's coming one hundred and fifty seven point two feet behind the left ear but just to the one side it's like no no even people that do you know like these real crime podcasts and all the rest of that or story podcasts they're not going to be bothered you know half these people can can barely set up a microphone much less trying to, to figure out Dolby Atmos it's like no it's 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 a stupid concept and, and I hope it crashes and burns I, you know, I can see where this could be used really effectively by the big name players, you know, like uh, right. uh, NPR. Right. They they do highly produced shows, and they could do some really cool stuff with this. But That's for everyone else, I mean, come on, you're doubling your file size just to go to stereo, and then mm-hmm. add in the extra data on top of that for Atmos, 
and uh, and is it really worth the extra bandwidth for that file? And that, that even assumes that whoever's listening to it is set up to listen to it with Dolby Atmos. Right. Most people it's, aren't. It's, 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 it's pointless. It's ridiculous. It's pointless. And uh, yes, it's pointless. Let's and go the ahead first and... time we hear a show in Dolby Atmos, we're going to be like, holy crap, this oh, is amazing. What have I been missing <laughs> what all have this I been missing? time? I'm not be, I won't be doing it anytime soon. So. No. Let's uh, let's move on. Next story: AT and T becomes the first U.S. carrier to support nine one one location based routing. Routing. Uh, AT and T has uh, announced that it's the first carrier to use the the, uh, the location based routing for nine one one calls across the country in the United States. Uh, the feature allows AT and T to be more quickly and accurately detect where a wireless nine one one call is coming from. Utilizes the device's GPS and hybrid information to direct the call to the correct call center. Uh, with the location-based routing feature, a device can be located uh, and uh, routed within 50 meters of its location before. And 911 calls were uh, were routed uh, based on the location of the cell towers, typically a 10-mile radius, which could cause delays. Um, and uh, AT&T did say that the location-based uh, uh, routing feature was going to only turn on when someone calls 911. Uh, so this is definitely something good. I'm glad to see that... Uh, that they are doing some uh, good things. Looks like they're rolling it out uh, right now in uh, many states, including Colorado, including Illinois. And uh, uh, I don't see your, any of our other states here, but there's a number of states. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Uh, well, first, I'm glad to see Colorado be uh, on, on the list that's getting this early because Colorado is one of those states with uh, – with the kind of topography where this is actually really yeah. critical. Um, that said, uh, Verizon and T-Mobile should be incredibly embarrassed right now because this is such an important service for users that if you aren't first out the shoot saying we're supporting it and we're going to have it everywhere and we're going to have it everywhere fast, um, you look like a crappy service in, in my opinion. Yep. What do you think, I? I think that AT&T has missed the boat here, that if they had announced it and then at the same time said, oh, and we're going to let all the other carriers into just because we're we're just such nice guys, that it would have been a huge PR boost for them. I'm honestly, I'm frankly quite surprised that uh, it's taken these companies this long to even offer something like this. You know, I mean... Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, how far away is this? All right, Kat, you know, you're going to be the death of me here. She <laughs> said, no, dad, no, yeah, please. No, no let but me I stay love where I was. Um, the, how removed is this from the same kind of technology as like AirPods, how AirPods communicate based on where other phones and other devices and, and cell towers and Wi-Fi and, yeah. and all the rest of that. I mean, Let's let's get this part of it out there and done so that when people need to know where you are, that they can find where you are. Okay, and so you should have to opt in to do so. Okay, I'll disagree with on the opt in. It should be opt out oh. because th this is an emergency service. But the problem with uh, with getting the carriers on board was at first the uh, the platform had to be created. The standard had to be created. It would have been great for AT&T to say, and everyone else can just piggyback on us. Um, 
But the reality is all the other carriers, they have to implement it through their systems. Yeah. Um, but I'm betting what happens when you're on a carrier where you're out of area and now you fall into an area where you're now uh, on AT&T's network as, as a fallback, that uh, now you've got that feature because you're on AT&T's network. It'll probably network. work, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts, Warren, before we move on? I'm going to join AT&T and wait a few years and collect my $400 when somebody tells them they should not do that. <laughs> that's playing a long game right there. Yeah, yeah that's a a, that is a long game. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Apple boosts trading credit uh, through uh, May 31st as we record this, a week after they cut them. They, they, uh, on the heels of a near across-the-board trading price cut, Apple has increased trade in values for between a whopping ten and fifty dollars for iPhone, select iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple Watch models in the U.S. and U.K. until the thirty-first of May. The extra trading credit may range from, as I said, uh, ten to twenty for an iPod, ten dollars for a Mac, twenty dollars to forty dollars on an Apple Watch, and Apple doesn't offer any additional credits for Android trade-ins or other devices. That, that's um, extra. Extra trade right. in based so, on, and that's above and beyond what they're going to offer you, right? Which is usually so, pretty bad. Yeah, they gave an example like the MacBook Pro used to be quoted $1,350, it's now reduced to a thousand, so they're giving you a whopping 10 bucks to that. So it really might not be Ooh. a bunch of a, of a motivator. There's plenty of other services out there that uh, that uh, give some extra incentives uh, out there, but I mean, I, I traded my Mac in and I got a pretty good deal for it, I was happy with it because it was uh, 2019, I think it was. I wonder if they're doing it because the um, the wait times of to get the products are so high, people are getting deterred from buying anything now. So Apple's like, if you buy, you know, we'll give you a good trade and deal. Yeah, and um, you know, put it towards it because there's got to be a reason, right? They're doing this. Um, they need you oh, know incentives. incentives. Well, there's no right, but there's <laughs> if anything, there's a supply issue and. It's not a, huge. It's seven it's to nine weeks to get a Mac right now. Right. So it's not a good, I mean, it's an incentive, but it's hard to in, incentivize them w- with stuff you don't have uh, in stock. So I think that's what they're trying to do is basically say, you know, we'll give you a good, because I think when you make, that's a good question. If I buy a MacBook and I trade it in for um, a 14 inch MacBook Pro that's not in stock for, what was it a month out now or something like that? Seven, seven weeks at least. Yeah. So seven weeks. Will they take the price of the trade in and let me trade it in when I get, when I get it at yeah. that price? Cause the if they do that, that's, I think that's smart. And maybe that's what they're doing. I'll give you, give you an Apple credit gift card or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, about? the thing is you don't want to be without your life. I mean, that's the thing. You can't be without your laptop. So, right. Right. But if they give you a trade, uh, in they don't give you the actual money yet, but they give you. I'm going to give you X amount of money for this MacBook Pro. Yeah, guarantee it until it until the. And other then two months in. from now, when this yeah. MacBook Pro 14 comes in, we'll swap and you'll get the credit. Any thoughts on this, Jeff? Yep, <laughs> I think we're looking at the wrong place for uh, for where the problem's coming in here. Uh, Apple uses a third party company to manage their their uh, trade in program, and I think that third party company found out that they weren't making as much money as they expected, so they dropped uh, uh, 
the amounts that they're giving people for trade-ins. And, uh, and then when Apple customers started like flipping out, then Apple went back to, to the company they're using and said, yeah, this is, this is a problem. And so then the company says, okay, well, we can raise them this much. So that $1,300 uh, credit you were getting that suddenly became a thousand and now it's 1100. Um, it's, it's still uh, a crappy move, but I think it was a business move on the part of this uh, third party that Apple works with. Um, but still it makes Apple look bad. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts or guy until we might move on? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Let's I've move. never particularly cared for Apple's trade-in prices. Okay. So, okay. All right. Last story for this week, uh, Fortnite. <laughs> it's back on iOS without the app store. Uh, you read that, you read that right. It's once again, available on iOS devices without the app store. Microsoft has seemingly thrown the weight behind Fortnite on the backdrop of recent high-profile legal battle, of course, between Epic Games and Apple. The result is a touch-friendly version of the game that is now available once more to those of who would like to play it on their iPhone, thanks to a partner between Epic Games and Microsoft's Xbox Cloud Gaming Service. Mm, while, uh, while, how about that? While, while Apple users can, wah, uh, can't, while iPhone users can't download the app directly from the App Store, but they can access it for free by firing up Safari web browser on their smartphone, heading to xbox.com/play. So, looks like uh, somehow it got circumvented. Uh, both they can't block any web, they can't block uh, web stuff, right, Jeff? I mean, so they got to keep. Well, I mean, they the, could, but that's really bad. Th- that would be pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, and you know, and for me, the bottom line is that Epic was being very disingenuous because what they wanted was to be able to do exactly what Apple does and do it outside of Apple's ecosystem. Right. That was the old time of this. I I have no sympathy for Epic in this at all. Nope. Me either. Tim Sweeney can kiss anyway. Um, go ahead guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this, this is, uh, any way you look at this, this is a loss for Epic. It's not a loss for Apple. I don't think Apple gives a damn that Fortnite is back on iOS through some other service that Apple is getting money to have on their platform. This, this is what Apple's been saying all along. If you want access to all of our customers, then if you charge those customers some money, you're going to have to give some money back to us, which Microsoft, I'm sure, does. And you can bet whatever resources that Epic is selling to their users that Microsoft is getting a cut of that as well. I don't think Microsoft gives a damn about the battle between Epic and Apple because Apple doesn't really give a damn about the battle between Epic and Apple. Right. If Epic wants to be on iOS, they're going to have to pay somebody somewhere. And eventually it all comes back to Apple. So, you know, they screwed the pooch. They were the number one game, the number one game selling, not just the game, but well, I guess the game was free, but all of the extra crap that, that gamers want to play Fortnite. They were making a mint, yeah. and all they had to do was give a little shine over to Apple, and that that just wasn't going to be good enough 
So they did what they said they were going to do and, and try to circumvent Apple and Apple said what they were going to do. And they took them off the platform and Epic hasn't made as much money ever since. Yep. Any, any thoughts, Warren, before we move on? Yeah. I mean, as long as Apple has a path out to the internet through Safari or whatever else, people are going to find a way to, to, to get something onto something. Um, you know. yeah, it's fun. Well, I mean, you know, we did it, you know, with emulators, right, um, on our own computers. And so we would play Atari games and Coleco games. I'm sure they weren't all happy about that, too. But, you know, that's what we were able to do because you could emulate it. And then you could even open up a web browser now and play a lot of these games, too, in a web. So it's, you know, the fact that they got it working on a mobile version of web is pretty cool, I guess, uh, or whatever they're doing. I don't know if they're emulating or streaming or what they're doing that to get it there. Um, but as long as it, as long as it talks to the world, there's going to be a way to at least give you some version of what they're trying to ban off that device. And that goes for anything. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Let's uh, move on uh, to topics for this week. Uh, Beta iOS 15.5 release candidate just came out actually as, as of today, as we record this. Uh, uh, this is May 12th, um, 2022. So, uh, they, it looks like it's very close to the final release. Uh, I'm assuming Warren, you've already updated it and, uh, yeah. what have you, no, no, nothing, I'm sure not, not any different. You notice? No, nothing. Did the watch, did the, uh, Max, did the, uh, iPhone and iPad and, uh, no, everything, everything seems the same. Yeah. Include, we'll, play, include. we'll play the game next week to see, um, yeah, you know, the game next week is to see if the release if it if, the if it becomes a public launch launch, uh, yeah. launch you know, Mac well, rumor seems to think it's likely going to be a public launch next week because so it's, it's kind of weird. Usually they would release this on a Tuesday, they release it on a Thursday, so it will be um, probably Tuesday next week. I'm, I bet. But will it play yeah. Crisis? Yeah, it won't. Or it Fortnite. Won't. Yeah. <laughs> or Fortnite. Uh, so as ever, uh, we've talked to some of the improvements, including uh, the wallet now enables Apple Cash customers to send and request money right from their Apple Cash card. Uh, Apple Podcasts includes a new setting limiting episodes stored on their iPhone, fixes an issue for home, home, home automations, triggering by people arriving or leaving. And then, uh, of course, some uh, some features may not be available in all the regions, so we'll, we'll check that. So we'll see what happens again it's probably going to be the last update uh, barring any uh, dot one uh, fixes uh, until iOS 16 is renounced uh, watch OS was 8.6 that uh, that is uh, going to be released nothing there on TV OS the 59.5 nothing there either as we always say um, interesting uh, there was an interesting article here in Mac rumors about uh, which device which will iOS 16 and iPad OS 16 support these are all rumors, but uh, it looks as if anybody is saying that the, 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 the fact that you have to have a device uh, that has at least three gigabytes of RAM and memory, uh, simply that it needs to, to handle it because uh, you know, the OS is becoming a, a much bigger horsepower. According to the article, they're looking like that the, the, the 7 Plus is going to be the, the cutoff. Uh, that's where you're going to start. Uh, anything older than that is going to go, go end of life, including the first generation SE. All the, uh, all, the, all the other devices below that are going to be um, out there. And, of course, the iPod Touch will not be supported, they say. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. 
Uh, and then iPad, I was surprised here to see this. So I have an iPad Pro, the first generation iPad Pro, and they're still saying it's going to be supported. They were rumoring that it was not going to be supported. So all the Pro models are still supported from according That's to this. 2017, 2018? Uh, 2017 at least. Or no, actually 2016 maybe, 2016, 2017, yeah. So it's going back ways, uh, six years. So uh, still a good, perfectly good iPad. I got the 12.9 yeah. inch. Uh, um, so you guys have any thoughts on this? Like, I, I, I think this is not nothing, nothing new each year that we deal with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, they're going back four to six years basically on all devices that will at least allow you to install it. It won't necessarily have all the latest and greatest features depending on the hardware set of the device yeah. that you're putting it on. But the fact that Apple is the, really the only company that is making backwards compatible hardware that is five years old or older. And, you know, hey, that's what you get when you pay a premium for a product. You get better support and you get longer service. Yeah, I agree. Any, any, any thoughts on that? Jeff? That's why it's why a lot of us use it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I double checked. iPad Pro came out September 2015. Yeah, that's right. Because I did. Oh, was I, it that old? Wow. I did. Yeah. And I remember because I did. I believe I used it at the first Mac stock, too. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so, on one hand, I'm surprised that the first gen iPad Pro will, uh, will likely support iOS 16. But on the other hand, I'm not because it's an iPad Pro. Right. And yeah. it, I think that would be bad to drop the iPad Pro first gen uh, now. Uh, on iPhone, yeah, I expect iPhone seven will be the the baseline for. Uh, yeah, they're saying the seven is going to be gone, but the seven plus will still. Well, that's a year later. So. Yeah, but going okay. So we lost the six and six S. <coughs> excuse me. Um, right. This yeah, year, first gen and the first gen SE yeah. will be. They're saying it won't be around. That's yeah, fine. so skipping over the seven. And uh, going right to the the uh, seven plus or seven s whatever they called it, um, I don't know. I I don't see that happening. But I mean, I suppose it could. And um, yep. yeah, but right. still, what guy was saying? I mean, the fact that Apple supports devices that are as old as they are. Holy crap! Who else really does that? Yep. All right, and then the uh, last topic for this week uh, is a sad day, I think. Uh, the iPod hey. Touch. Uh, do, you have, do you have something else, Warren, before we're done? Well, you sorry. didn't talk about universal control no longer being in beta. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. I skipped that. Because uh, I just wanted to make the joke that now I could go buy my iPad back, my iPad Pro. Yeah, don't, because now that it came out of beta, <laughs> it is yeah. straight up broken for me. It, thank you. <laughs> I, really? I, I, compl- I completely yeah. forgot that. Yeah, so universal control will no longer be in beta. In Mac OS Monterey 12.4 and iPad OS 15.5. So when the betas are out of, uh, when they're out of beta and then the release candidates come out, it looks like, uh, yeah, it's not going to be uh, beta anymore. So, so yeah, now I could, uh, I got to figure out who I sold my iPad Pro to and, and track them down because now I need it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Sorry, sorry, now I'm ready for it. All right. So as uh, like I said, last topic here, uh, the iPod, the iPod Touch was discontinued this last week. 
21 years ago was when the first iPod was released. Uh, and I remember having it vividly. And it was a, it was a very cool thing. Uh, uh, very sad. I, I think it was a very iconic ending its 20-year run. Uh, they really gave it no love for many years, the iPod Touch, and, and did say that it was going to be available until supplies last. Well, guess what? Supplies last all, all of one day. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and uh, the, the press release that came out from Greg uh, Draws uh, from uh, Apple, the senior vice president of worldwide marketing, he says, uh, music has always been a part of our core at Apple and bringing it to hundreds of millions of users in the way iPod uh, did impact more than just the music industry. It redefined music. It discovered what we listened to and shared. Uh, and the spirit of iPod will hold on because if it wasn't for the iPod, we would not have an iPhone because the music or player. Or an iPad. Or an iPad for that matter. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, October 23rd, 2001 was when it was first introduced. It was an exciting time when Steve Jobs famously came out and said that it has a thousand songs in your pocket. Having a firewire connection and and had no support for any apps, especially iTunes, and even wasn't around at that point. So, or Windows. Yeah, yeah, Windows. You had to hack it. To it get was extra, yeah, it uh, was Mac <laughs> only. Yeah, so you had to hack it. There was no apps. It had a little tiny black and white screen on it. Uh, yeah, uh, but it had uh, some games built in. Like you, you could play Solitaire. Yeah, the newer the newer iPods, they you end up getting there, games on it. Yeah. Snake on there too, I think, or something. Yeah. I, the, still, the games on the iPod were awful. You know, let's let's not oh, get yeah. ourselves. There's yeah, the yeah, color of the display. So yes, I, mean, yeah, I still have this in my hand. Here's the here's the, the twenty gigabyte uh, iPod. That, the that, click wheel was with the thirty fun pin connector. <laughs> yeah, the click wheel was fun for a while, but I don't know. I think yeah. uh, I, I, I still know. have an iPod Touch sitting on my desk. That's right. The, this is yeah, I've got one over here. Uh, this is the one that has the little disc right here. thing on the back. Yep. Yeah. And, I had that. Uh, I had that. that was the uh, the eyelet for Lanyard. the lanyard. Yeah. yeah. So it's like 9.3.5 or 9.3.4 is as high as the operating system goes on this. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, I guess it's time to toss that in the box with all my other iPods. What, <laughs> what, what, was, uh, box. what was your favorite iPod, uh, Jeff? Did you have one? I, I have the one that's that uh, has the most nostalgia for me. So I suppose it is my favorite. And that's the the iPod uh, third gen where it had the row of buttons across mm-hmm. right above the click wheel. I've got that one somewhere. And uh, yeah, it's it's in my closet. I even replaced the battery in mine once. And uh, uh, I, I plugged it in to my uh, my my current MacBook Pro. Uh, a while ago, just to see if it would work. And it was a Frankenstein of adapters to go from the original pin. Firewire port oh, Firewire. to get it into Thunderbolt uh, 3. Mm-hmm. And But it mounted and showed up in the music app. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it still works. It's still <laughs> compatible with uh, with with my Mac. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that was a great great iPod. I loved iPods. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a 160 gig iPod at one point I sold it because I just didn't feel the need to have anymore. Now we have iPhones. I think, I, I think I've had everyone. I, I, I had pretty I much had everyone. Nanos and, and shuffles. And shuffles. And, uh, yeah, I had all the I had, all the, I had every model. Every, I had the nanos. I had the shuffle. I had a whole bunch of them. Um, I actually had color coded shuffles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the silver one had, um, 
like the music that I would run to. And the blue one had the music that I would listen to on airplanes. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then, the, yeah, good times. I think it's a Jefferson airplane song for some reason. <laughs> I had... Um, Yes, uh, five hundred copies of it on on the one iPod. <laughs> I had some, one of my clients um, want me to pull music off. Of, he brought me an old one, yeah. and um, it wouldn't mount or anything like that. Drive the shop, probably. No, so I opened it up, and it had this weird drive. It, it was like a square kind yeah. of ziffy. I don't know if it's it was ziff, yeah. But I had to like this was a long time ago, so I had to go to Amazon, and I think I. It was three tries to find something that worked from Amazon. I think I spent like 20 bucks just trying to find an adapter for it. And I, I did. I plugged it in and just copied the music over. So, I mean, that was probably a 15-year-old iPod or ten, at least 10-year-old oh, that still had the songs on it. Yeah. His, his, taste in music, his taste in music wasn't worth the... Uh, it wasn't worth the 20 bucks? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't have suggested doing it. But, and you, uh, you, you, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were done. No, no, no. I mean, my favorite. I just real. I don't know if I have a real favorite. I definitely had the. Um, you, you, we had the thing when we went from hundred gigs over to eight or four. Right. We we had, all had the problem of trying to figure out what to put on that eight or four. You know, what music to put on there, and that was a pain in the butt. You know, just like the shuffle, you, you were blind. You didn't know what the hell was on it until you plugged it in. Right. Well, that's right. Weird. That's a weird thing too. That's also kind of happened with like the Apple TV is their early products had a large hard drive in it. Like, you know, again, they they started at 40 or 80 or something like that. Well, the first one is five gigs. The first one was five gigs, but you know, by the time, by the time the solid state ones came out with the lower, much lower storage, those big ones are still kind of around. And so you had the problem of yeah. converting from something big to something small, which sucked for a while. Cause you had a lot of music at one point, even the iPod touch. I, you know, that's why we were, we're talking about here today is the fry had the first gen iPod touch. And I, I, I was, I love that thing. It was great. Ended up selling that one too. So, I mean, I don't have, I don't have any iPod touches left, but at least, at least Jeff, you have some nostalgia left in your collection there. Of, uh, having one of the older iPod yeah. touches and it still works, which is great. I, I think um, I still have a first gen iPod Touch in my in my iPod box, and I'm not kidding. I have oh, an iPod yeah. box. I I have some extra iPods too. That guy you have, uh, I know you have a Nano, and you've you've got one of the older uh, classic iPods. And yeah, I think this is like a first gen uh, iPod that you could put video content on. All right, that's that wide body one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one. so when I used to travel more than I do now. I would have like the the 30 pin with all of the various connectors that you needed to connect it to a hotel yep. uh, TV set. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I started doing guys daily drive with an iPod touch. I would just record everything to an iPod right. touch. And then, and then, you know, before I was live streaming it and I would just you know, edit it and all the rest of that and, and put it out that way. So, you know, um, I'm going to miss them, yeah. but at the same time, all of the functionality that we used to get from it is now superseded with other devices. So iPhone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think we're good. And, and, you know, here's the thing in 
five to 10 years time, people will be saying, wow, you're still using an iPhone. How come you're not using the iBrain? You know, I mean, it, it just, <laughs> just plugs yeah. right in. Everything just works. All right. So we'll see what comes next. Yeah. That's, that's where, uh, where Apple will continue to innovate and hopefully we see even more cool things with that. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up for this week. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, feedback at InTouchWithIOS.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show. Buy me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can also become a Patreon, Patreon of the show, by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, so you're notified of when we are live streaming, which is on... Thursday nights usually at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash DaveG65. And you also could listen to past shows there as well. Uh, you can visit In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the articles we uh, talk about on the show are flipped into that magazine. Go take a look at that. Um, the link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your, in your favorite podcatcher, including pod, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Jeff Gamut, thanks for being here as always. Where can people find you? Well, thanks for having me back again. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, jgamut on both. YouTube.com slash jgamut for videos. Uh, most Tuesday evenings on Mac Voices Live, and then uh, Thursdays on The Big Show, and then most Thursday evenings here, and then Friday mornings on The Mac Show. And Brian Chaffin and I are doing The Context Machine. So we have new episodes of that coming out every week. Yep, great show with the uh, one password. I listened to it. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Guys, oh, uh, thanks for listening. Good to, good to do that. So, guys, Cyril, thanks for coming on as a guest this week. Uh, where can people sure. find you? Uh, email address is guy at mymac.com. Uh, you can also find me podcast at vertshark.com for another email address. I am Mac Parrot and Vertshark over on the Twitters. All of the odds and vids are over there on Vertshark. Dot com. Of course, there's the MyMac.com podcast. We are coming close to the 900th episode of that Ooh. show. It'll be probably in June or July where we're going to hit that. And of course, Guy's Daily Drive, as I mentioned earlier, where I'm usually Mondays and Fridays, I drive my car to work and live cast the experience over Facebook because that's a thing. Because you can. Because, because I you can. can. And real, real quick, um, you get, you guys know Kevin Alder, right? Former one of the hosts of Geekiest Show Ever. Yep. Go ahead. His daughter just put out a book. It's available through Amazon called Through the Ages by Sarah Alder, A-L-L-D-E-R. And just wanted to give a, a quick shout out as a as a you know new author. This is her first book for I can speak tonight. It's her first book, and it's available on Amazon called Through the Ages. Great. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Warren Sklar, where can people find you? Um, Facebook, um, Mac to the Future webpage. Uh, thanks, Guy and Jeff, for coming. Um, I'm on Facebook, so you, you'll, you, you know how to find me. So there you go. It's, you're, it's always watching. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah, sure. no, good to be back. Thanks, Jeff. Always fun. Thanks, it's guys. always fun. And guys, uh, is a um, 
Which one's that? Jelly. This jelly. is Jelly. Yeah. You say it all the time. I forgot the name. <laughs> um, so good night to Jelly. And to, good night, Jelly. All right. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk again soon. Bye.